0: Switch to Sprint Unlimited Basic, featuring TV from Hulu and 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot. Plus, for a limited time, get five lines for only $120 per month. Hurry to a Sprint store or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Offer ends 16
1: 1618 after 131-2020. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without a pay. One Hulu limited commercial plan for eligible Sprint account. MHS reduced to 3G speeds after 500 megabytes per month. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines. Subject to credit and 3D activation fee. Video streams up to 40 p Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply.
2: And Hello everybody and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is MC Cash Money the Birdman. I'm joined by Sutton MF and Soccer Dad and (laughs) Outsua M.D. and anything else that we call him here on this show. And we are set. The stage is set for the biggest game of the NFL season. Eagles versus Patriots. We couldn't have asked for a worse matchup for Super Bowl Sunday. Coming up on Sunday. February 4th, 2018, the Patriots, of course, we all hate them. And the Eagles, I know a lot of people are hating on the Eagles because of none other than Jay Ajayi is on their team. We're going to kind of talk about that a little bit. Just want to hit you guys right off the bat here. With this note, it is the off season. We know that our listeners do decline a bit in the offseason. We will be shortening our shows to 30 minutes for the off season. We will ramp it up a bit as free agency comes around. Then we will kind of die back down. And then we'll ramp it up again during draft season. And then we'll ramp it uh, back down until training camp or so. And then we'll come back at you one hour. So tonight, we're going to stick to about 30 minutes. Next few weeks, 30 minutes as we hit towards March. We'll ramp it up and we'll go from there. But first, let's talk about the Patriots versus the Jaguars. And I'm sitting there, Houts and, and Sutton, and I'm watching that game. Jaguars are really going to pull this off, huh? And then... The moment where they kneel down with 59 seconds left or 49 seconds left, whatever it was, with two timeouts. The minute they kneeled down right before halftime, I knew they were done. They went into a shell. How are you going to beat the Patriots when you're up at that point? I think it was three or four. Kneeling down with 50 seconds, 59 seconds, whatever you have, and two timeouts. For me, that was the defining moment in the game. Sutton I don't know if anything else turns for you at that point or if you know the whole time the Patriots are going to come back and win
0: I did think that was a peculiar call just because their kicker had been kicking lights out so far in the playoffs hitting I believe a 53 yarder at some point if it wasn't earlier in that game I just can't remember which playoff game it was but the the Jaguar kicker been kicking well so yeah why not give yourselves a chance I know the thought process when you're playing the when the When you're playing the Patriots, you're always conscientious about the turnovers and stuff like that. And it starts to get in your head a little bit. And like you said, they are playing not to lose basically. And that's when it sneaks up on you. We've seen that time and time again from Dolphins teams that have had leads going into the fourth quarter playing not to lose and we end up choking. So we know it's not a successful strategy. Would have liked to seen them come out a little bit more guns blazing in the second half. I think that was the mentality that got them to where they were in Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. They were pretty aggressive that a whole game. Now they they had the play action game going at one point with the, uh, the Patriots game, but then the field vertically and, knew, knew, and was kind of some, some areas on the field and was able to narrow what the Jaguars could do. And then you just felt like Jacksonville started suffocating and that's kind of what ended up happening. But man, it was, Going into the, the fourth quarter, even, you know, even Jacksonville being up 10 points at that time, you're just kind of like, I'm gonna come back and win this. We've all seen this script unfold before. Yeah, that's the biggest thing for me,
3: Sutton. I mean, I'm sitting there watching it. Jacksonville's a great defense. They were doing everything perfectly on offense. They just were having their way with New England. And you just kind of saw them kind of fall apart there. I mean, that one pass interference call that set up that touchdown, it was bogus. I think everyone knows that was not pass interference. The hit on Gronk, yeah, you can penalize that in this NFL nowadays. That's that's definitely a penalty. But the refs are on their side. I mean, you can blame the refs all you want. But ultimately, they got conservative there at the end of the half. You kind of expect that if you got Blake Burles as your quarterback. You really don't want to give the game away right there before the before halftime when you've been dominating the entire first half. And then things just kind of seem to go New England's way in the second half. You, you had to feel comfortable with Doug Marone in his defense. They had to think that they go out there and continue to stop tom brady the way they were early on but brady's brady we all see it time and time again we're dolphin fans we're used to that heartbreak and part of me just knew no matter what happened one way or the other tom brady's gonna pull it out of his butt and uh it, it, it's it sucks and uh, i wish Jacksonville could have pulled it off but now we got to hope the eagles can can punish him
0: but, but know, I, I thought once to, grand- uh, but, Sorry, let me interrupt real quick. Bortles outplayed Brady for most of the first half. I don't know if you guys remember that, but he, he was, did. He, he did. was throwing some beautiful balls. Like I, I
3: it was a perfect.
0: I'd ever say that.
3: Perfect game plan.
0: Yeah, well, I thought and, once
2: Gronk. I thought once Gronk went out of the game, the Jaguars yeah. had it in the bag. But yeah. honestly, at that point, it seemed like they had no idea what to do. They spent. It seemed once he went out of the game that they had spent so much time on the game plan of how to defend Gronk that once he went out. They had no idea what to do anymore. They were kind of puzzled in a weird, strange (laughs) way. And I want to say, if Gronk stayed in the game the entire time, the Jaguars may have pulled this one off because they stayed, I believe, in a similar defense to what they were playing with while Gronk was in there. And then all of a sudden, he's out, and the defense and the game plan that you had doesn't really apply anymore. So they, they kind of held up their own But they got really conservative in the second half. And you can't do that against Tom Brady and the Patriots. And we know how hard it is in the NFL to get back to where you were the year before. Look at the Falcons. I mean, of course, besides unless you're the Patriots, look at the Falcons. They're losers in the playoffs. So the Dolphins made the playoffs. They didn't even make the playoffs this year. It's just very hard to get back to the point where you were. When you get lightning in a bottle, you have to catch it. And that's what the Philadelphia Eagles did. And this is what they admitted. They knew they had lightning in the bottle this season with Carson Wentz in the streak that they were on. So when it was time to acquire a talent like Jay Ajayi, they pulled the trigger because they know they might not be in the same position next year. And here they are, one win away from being world champions. And none other than former Miami Dolphins running back, Jay Ajayi is on the roster. And we're going to get into that in just a few minutes because there are a lot of haters out there and there are a lot of supporters out there. And we're going to talk about where's that line between hating on a guy who was once a part of your favorite team versus supporting a guy who was once on your favorite team. But first let's kind of just quickly recap the Eagles Vikings game, because that was for me, background noise. I stopped watching really in the second quarter, the game was on, but I was doing work and it was just an absolute blowout. And I, I'm puzzled. As to how a team can come out so flat when they know there are several things at stake. One, of course, a chance to go to the Super Bowl. But two, to play in your city. To play in front of your fans. To play in your stadium. To become the first team in NFL history to play a Super Bowl in your own stadium. And you come out like that. It was an embarrassment the way they played against the Philadelphia Eagles. They had no business being in that championship game based on the way they played. Of course, the previous weeks and everything leading up to that point, they did deserve to be there. But against the Eagles, they were absolutely atrocious. How's your thoughts on that game?
3: Yeah, I mean, Minnesota's defense was one of the best in the league. I think they were second in most statistical categories. You saw them coming into this game. Both teams kind of mirrored one another. We talked about it last week. And then they just came out flat. They got that early touchdown. I think they went up seven nothing. Everything kind of seemed to be, you know, going their way. The home the home crowd was kind of uh, baffled and taken back by that. And then the pick six happened, and the game was right back to seven seven. And from there on, I mean, Nick Foles, I don't know what he did, but he he picked that Minnesota secondary part. The pass rush was non-existent. The two three-headed monster that Philly has there at running back with Ajay Blunt Clement. I mean. They were clicking on all cylinders. Doug Peterson, I, I regret saying this, but I think at the beginning of the year, I said that Philly was one of my favorite teams, that they had a chance at being this elite team in the NFL, but their biggest issue was Doug Peterson, and, and I stand corrected. I take all that back because Doug Peterson has been one hell of a coach. He's proven that all season long. Uh, when Wentz went down, that team didn't miss a, a step, and I think what we just keep continue to see throughout the playoffs is defense wins championships. Jim Schwartz is one of the best in the NFL – He's one of the best defense coordinators of the all 32 teams. And he just went out there and had a perfect game plan. Yeah. It was case Keenum. The, their run game was great. And Philly just completely, completely stomped them. They, they kicked their teeth in. And like you said, they had a chance to to be that first team to play at home in their own stadium. Momentum was on their side after that Stefan Diggs touchdown and Philly just stomped them at home. So, I mean, it was a great game. I, I know you said it was background noise for me. I, uh, that's my hometown. This is kind of the area in which I live, and everyone's kind of Eagles fans. So for me, I was I was rooting for the home team. I mean, yeah, it got boring after the, the blowout there, but I, I was happy to see Philly prevail. And I, I hope they can, I hope they can do the same thing against Tom Brady because that'd be a hell of a way to end the season.
0: Yeah, well, Minnesota took the lead to start off. You thought, well, maybe maybe the favorite's going to win here, and. Minnesota- defense is going to clamp down, and that just absolutely did not happen. Philadelphia rattle off 38 straight points, and won the game 38-7. What was the projecting the Super Bowl a little bit is Philadelphia's run game, I mean, attacked ranks on defense. So you almost think, Matt, you described it as lightning in a bottle, just being, out, being able to outwill the other team. And just say, this is what we're going to do, and you're not going to be able to stop it to to a game with that kind of swagger. That's a very encouraging thing in terms of uh, the Super Bowl, because we're going to want the Eagles to control the clock, keep Tom Brady on the sidelines, uh, keep that defense tired towards the end of the game, take it into the fourth quarter and sneak one out and get out of there with a victory. That's what we're going to hope for as a game plan. Uh, I don't know if this would be a nice little segue for House to talk about his boy Ajay and how much he wants to um, see him succeed or anything like that. Um, I'll kind of leave that conversation for you guys because I I really do. um, I have no real opinion on the subject other than he plays for the Eagles, and I, I hope they beat the Patriots.
2: I know there's been a lot of discussion on Dolphins Twitter this week regarding who to root for some are saying they can't root for anybody because of J.J. on the Eagles and they don't want to see him win a Super Bowl versus the Patriots of course our division and heated rivals who I don't know how anybody can ever root for except although I will admit myself along with probably 98% of the other country rooted for the Patriots in 2002 after 9/11 they were America's team they were the underdogs they were just coming around to where they were going to start rising to the top. And boy, if I knew at that point that the Patriots would be this dominant, I would have rooted so hard against them. And of course, I would have been disappointed in that Super Bowl, just like we are all as Dolphins fans every single year, it seems. But let's go to Jay Jai. And I'm going to let you talk about this because you are a huge fan of Ajayi. You have a jersey of his. You made him the header photo for today's FinSider Rail mailbag. And we do know there are tons of questions on there. And we're going to get to a few tonight. We're not going to get to them all in the offseason. We're going to be doing things a little different. But how it's, you know, what what line is there between rooting for Ajayi or hating on Ajayi?
3: All right, let me just start by saying I think what kind of made me fall in love with Jay Ajayi after I watched him play at Boise State, I think the the icing on the cake was when I saw him on the sideline drinking that pickle juice. I, I kind of nicknamed him Pickle Juice. I kind of had a couple friends of ours that we would sit there and talk about, him. We, we named him Pickle Juice. And then Miami drafted him. I got home from work. I was ecstatic. So, I mean, that's kind of where it all started. We saw what he did last year. I was at that Pittsburgh game where he broke out for that 200-yard game. And he's always just been a favorite player of mine. I hated to see him go. But ultimately, I mean, Miami made the right decision. They, they did what was best. You see what Kenny Drake could do. But what it comes down to is all these fans that they just continue to hate on J.J. and it just doesn't make sense. I mean, you see it already happening with Jarvis Landry. Rumors come out that he's not a team player. He has his off-the-field issues. Some of that we see. Some of that maybe not. And J.J., I mean, we didn't hear much of that. We heard rumblings a little bit here and there. And now as soon as he got traded, they just pretty much took a complete 180 and everyone kind of turned on him. And that's just not how I am. That's just not how I feel. I'm glad he's having success there. I don't understand. I don't understand why you'd want to see a guy who literally carried you into the playoffs last season. One of the first times you've been in the playoffs in several years, he was mainly the sole purpose. Yeah, you can put that on Tannehill. He had a breakout year. But if it wasn't for that run game, if it wasn't for those 200-yard games, that breakout year that J.H.I. had, the Dolphins weren't in the playoffs last year. And that's what fans, I think, kind of fail to remember. They They see the off-the-field issues. They hear the rumblings and everything that he continues to say in the media. Now he's with Philly, but ultimately, why would not you want to see this guy have success? You got the fourth round pick. Who knows what that'll turn into? That's good compensation in today's NFL, but to sit here and bash the guy or to root against him, and like you said, to root for the freaking New England Patriots, that's absurd. Like You can sit there and say you're not a fan if you're rooting for losses last season to get a better draft pick, but you're going to sit here and tell me you're rooting for the New England Patriots to win because J.H.I. J- got traded and... You heard he had a, a falling out with the coaching staff. That's freaking ridiculous. I don't get it. I will be rooting 100%. Well, wearing... Houts, What's that?
0: Houts, it's an easier, easier narrative to digest for some Dolphins fans that the reason we don't have a guy anymore is that he whined and complained his way out of town and, you know, he's a brat. That's a swallow that it is to say. Well, it was a win-win situation. The Dolphins – Running back position didn't improve statistically speaking after he was traded, but Ajayi gets traded to a team that was what seven and one or eight and one at the time and is in the Super Bowl. Yeah. and so and- it's be a win win. Sorry, go ahead.
3: No, no, you're right. And I mean, just one last thing for me, uh, all homerism aside, that I, I love the player, but I think what makes me the most upset you see what Kenyon Drake did when JJ left and he finally got his opportunity a backfield of those two uh, you see I'm talking on social media pumping the other one up congratulating one another there's no I, I don't believe that JGI would have been upset with Kenyon Drake getting carries I don't believe that for a second he's in Philly now I know it wasn't his choice he got traded he got traded to a better team a better team that was having better success this season so maybe that's why he's okay splitting carries but to have a backfield of Kenyon Drake and JGI for at least the next two years uh, I don't understand why we gave that up I mean you saw Adam Gase. He, he seems to have issues with the running back position. He wanted to get C.J. Anderson. He brought in Arian Foster. He gave Damian Williams the keys to the, to the, the offense as soon as we traded Ajay, And if it wasn't for him going down, Kenyon Drake may never saw those opportunities. So you kind of wonder uh, where Adam Gase's evaluation lies. But ultimately, a backfield of Kenyon Drake and Jay that's what hurts most for me.
2: It's possible that a trade can be a win-win for both teams. I know people want to say, oh, this team won this trade. This team lost that trade. And more times often than not, you do get that. You do get the case where a team wins and a team loses. But this is probably one of those scenarios where it's a win-win for both teams. The Eagles get a guy who they know they're not going to rely on to be their bell cow running back. They understand they want to prolong his career because of his knees, although a Giants contract is coming to an end soon. And they're going to have to figure that one out because Ajayi does feel like he should be paid. But if Jay Ajayi helps them win the Super Bowl, hey, they'll take that fourth-round pick all day long. Or they'll give up that fourth-round pick all day long. They get an additional fourth-round pick. It's going to be at the end of the fourth round, unfortunately. So it's really like a fifth-round pick, early fifth. But they also got rid of a guy who was allegedly a cancer in the locker room, according to newspaper reports, who would talk back to coaches, disrespect coaches, complain when he didn't get the ball, even when the Dolphins won. But they found some guy in Kenyon Drake. And Kenyon Drake has been an absolute stud as his time as starter in Miami. And some people say, well, why was Drake sitting on the bench? Why was Ajayi playing over him? And I always said, and this is true, but Ajay wasn't, uh, Drake wasn't mature enough to be on the field. He, he wasn't studying the right way. He, was, he wasn't he was paying attention in the, in the classroom. He wasn't doing things the way the coaches wanted him to do it. He was young. He was immature. And he knew that Ajayi was a starter. Then when Ajayi got traded, something clicked in his head, and he turned it around. But I kind of said the same thing on Twitter the other day, and I, I saw a great response to it. And someone replied to the person who had asked me about guy starting over Drake and why was Drake on the bench if he's so good. What does that say about our coaches? This person said, well, why was Drew Bledsoe starting over Tom Brady? And that is the absolute truth. Sometimes you don't know how good a guy is until they get in the game. And sometimes the guy doesn't rise to the occasion until they're named the true starter, the number one. And so you can put it in a general statement like that. Well, we you could really look into the details and really understand why one thing means another. And that is the case with Kenyon Drake and why he was sitting on the bench. But for me, you know, this is a win-win for both teams. Some people are hating on Ajayi. They don't want to see him win a Super Bowl. Listen, Jay Ajayi was the sole reason the Dolphins got into the playoffs last season. If it wasn't for Jay Ajayi, the Dolphins would have probably finished 8-8, eight 7-9. and, eight, seven and nine. No, he came onto the scene, bursted on, nobody could stop him, and he was just absolute dynamite. Yeah, this year, things changed, and he went back to his original self, to what he was before he became a superstar he was last year, and that was a guy who had an attitude and so forth, but you know, I think it's just foolish for people not to root for him, especially when they're playing the Patriots. I mean, if they're playing the Jaguars, sure, root against him if you don't like him. I don't care, but... You know, they're playing the Patriots. You can't root for the Patriots if you're a Dolphins fan. No way. Unless you have a close family member who's a true Patriots fan and they need to see them win a Super Bowl for the 20th straight time. One quick thing before we head over to the of Real Mailbag that we didn't mention. The perception of the NFL being fixed, rigged, referees in favor of the Patriots. The NFL is not rigged. It's not fixed. Too many people would have to be involved in that scheme And the minute they got caught is the minute people stopped watching the football games and their league would just go down the drain within two to three years. Players would quit. Coaches would quit. uh, Fans would stop watching. I, I don't know if referees have a bias when they take care of the Patriots games, whether they get starstruck with Belichick and Brady on the field. But what I do know is this perception is reality. And working in public relations, I say that all the time to those I work with. Perception is reality. We inside might think something totally different than what people on the outside think. And the way people view us is what we are, whether we like it or not, and whether we believe it or not, and whether we think it's true or not. Perception is reality. And the perception is that the NFL favors the Patriots immensely, not only from the fans, but from other players, publicly and privately from other coaches privately, from owners privately, from network analysts privately. And Tony Romo, former player and current CBS analyst, said it out loud on air, I believe last week or two weeks ago. And I'm sure he got a slap on the wrist for that one. But NFL perception is reality. I know the NFL doesn't always believe that. They think they're mightier than all. But the perception is the NFL is favored against the Patriots. And I don't know how you fix that. You just can't start calling flags against the uh, Patriots for no good reason. But, you know, tell your referees to tighten up. There was some questionable calls in that game, Patriots versus Jags. I don't know if you boys have any thoughts before we jump over to the mailbag.
0: You probably shouldn't celebrate with the Patriots in the end zone when they score a touchdown. Probably <laughs> not a good look.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Not good.
2: All right not good at all all right let's jump over to the fin Cider rail mailbag let's go uh how what do we have for a question
3: all right well i'll take the first one uh, a lot of Jayajaya talk but here's one that's not quite 39 is number one ask what award has the podcast won uh as i stated in the post, <laughs> this is an award-winning podcast we have won several awards so many accolades we just don't have enough time to name them all so uh, i'm sorry 39 is number one but this is an award-winning podcast, and those are just the facts.
2: My basement is uh, literally filled with plaques and trophies for the awards we've gotten from Finsider Radio. So, and what do we got next?
0: Yeah, I have one here from CJ Rosion. He's talking about quarterbacks at the Combine. I think you have to wait until the Combine to really stack up the quarterbacks in their year's draft. Do you agree? If not, do you think any of the QBs that will likely go in the first round this year are clearly better? Than RT 17
2: Baker Mayfield, baby Baker Mayfield.
0: Yeah. We were talking before the show about uh, the prospects of drafting Baker Mayfield. And I think with this year's quarterback class, I think sometimes going to help the quarterbacks kind of sift out a little bit and put them in and stack them vertically a little bit better. I think it's a pretty even race for quite a few guys at this point. And I don't know that this particular class, for my opinion, and I'll admit that it, I have a lukewarm understanding of this quarterback class right now. But from what I've seen so far, I haven't seen a whole lot of elite characteristics in this quarterback class. So I am not as high on this quarterback class, but that is not to say that quarterbacks won't be drafted high because I assure you they will. And again, this is a quarterback starved league, so you're going to see teams possibly even trading up like we've seen in the last couple of years to get their guy. It's just a matter of what your team's preference is.
2: You never know how a quarterback's going to shake out in the NFL. They could be one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, uh, college football history. They get to the NFL and they're an absolute bust. It's a whole different ballgame up there. All right, how's anything else on the fin Side of Rail Mailbag?
3: No, that was it. And just to touch on the, the whole quarterback thing, uh, C.K. Parrott today, I've been kind of down on Josh Allen. I know he's meeting with the Dolphins this week. Uh, they seem to have interested in him. He said he would have no problem backing up Ryan Tannehill in 2018. C.K. Parrott's a huge fan of Josh Allen. Said that some of the throws he makes is something that you just don't see from quarterbacks. So, I mean, I know he's one of those uh boomer bust prospects that everyone keeps talking about, uh, but he as C.K. Parrott said, there's four top quarterbacks in this draft. you got to think one of them might fall to 11, and then Miami's going to have a, a heck of a decision to make to, to see if they're going to stick it out. I mean, one way or the other, Ryan Tannehill's is the quarterback in 2018, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Miami pulls the trigger at 11 and, and gets that guy to to groom behind him and to ultimately take his spot in the upcoming years.
2: So we didn't have a ton of questions on the fin side of Rail Mailbag tonight, but that's okay because there was plenty of great conversation Looking at it right now, we have over 50 comments, 65 comments or so. And that is great talk. And I think it's really because how you put the J.H.I.E. picture up there since a lot of the conversation is revolving around J-H-I-E. And But that just just goes to show how polarizing he is and how split Dolphins fans are and torn whether to root for him or not. I think Dolphins fans would be okay with the Eagles winning a Super Bowl, but J.H.I.E. not playing well at all. I think Dolphins fans would find that compromise to be Very good. Now, we throw this nightmare scenario in there for those who don't like J.H.I.E., and that is J.H.I.E. runs absolutely wild, scores the winning touchdown and wins Super Bowl MVP. I mean, how much would Dolphins Twitter explode if that were to happen on Sunday, February 4th?
0: That would be straight out of the Dolphins' Twilight Zone—surreal
2: stuff. <laughs> Seriously, dropping trade, on trade, timelines. Trade <laughs> that would be—I I hate saying this—but that would be so Dolphins, right? You end up trading away the Super Bowl MVP. How fitting would that be? <laughs> That'd oh, be crazy. Well, that here, let be... me
0: let me let me throw out something kind of random about this whole phenomenon too. Philadelphia was seven and nine last year and had like the twenty second ranked offense. I'll give a hat tip to GTH on Twitter for throwing that out on my timeline earlier. For anyone that read Mondo's article, don't believe for a second the NFL still isn't based on parity because we saw compared to the year before that. Yeah, it sucks being in the same division with New England. We have endured the longest stranglehold of all time in the NFL. And I've wasted many a good years on the Dolphins. But our children will know a brighter day. And perhaps we will, too.
2: That would but, be nice.
0: again, Eagles 7-9 and nine last year. Yeah. All,
2: listen, if the Dolphins had Ryan Tannehill this year, they'd be in the playoffs. There is no doubt about it, especially in this week NFC, AFC. Especially in this week AFC. There is no doubt about it. We'll see. We'll see what the Dolphins do. Lots of time before now in free agency. Lots of time before now in the draft. And we're going to keep on rolling. The Senior Bowl is happening this week. We'll have more updates on that next week's show. We'll kind of preview the Super Bowl again. Talk about the Pro Bowl for about five minutes because that's probably all it deserves. And then we'll see where it leads us. Any last words, boys? Nope.
3: Go Eagles. Go Eagles. Go
2: Giants. All right. For Outs, MD, and, a, and a, the creepy basketball dad and soccer dad, I am MC Cash Money. Thank you for listening. It's on radio, and we'll talk to you next time.
1: And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. with us I was running in for a few things at the anniversary sale going on now at Safeway. Truth is, I'll need his help loading the car when I'm done because there are so many great deals.
0: Don't miss the anniversary sale going on at Safeway. Click on this ad to see the great deals going on now.
1: Now these are savings worth celebrating. Pop the trunk, honey! Oh, oh,
2: you listen to the podcast, check it out.